you're listening to the Soul Yoga Podcast, a podcast for the modern mystic mama. I'm your host, Amanda Aaron, soul guide at Soul Yoga Retreat. I invite you to take a breath for your body, mind, and soul. Retreat from the mind movies. Break away from stress and anxiety. Root down and ground yourself into Pachamama, Mama Earth. Join me for a journey to live from our highest selves. Through ritual and ceremony, we create sacred space together. We hold space. We create a safe container to evolve. This podcast is a space where I authentically share my journey, the good, the bad, and everything in between. It is a space where I guide the modern mystic mama to reconnect with Mama Earth. Honoring the turn of the wheel, we use plants, astrology, and kundalini yoga to break old belief systems to move towards soul-level transformation. By uniting body, mind, and spirit, we become present, enjoying each moment fully, and embodying our highest selves. Welcome to this space. I am going to endeavor today to speak about a movie that I watched with my husband Jonathan over the weekend. So the movie is called Don't Look Up, and um, it's a Netflix film um, with a ton of big name stars, and it was a super impactful movie. So without giving anything away, the premise of the movie is that a scientist discovers a large comet um, directly traveling in the path uh, that will intersect with the Earth in such a way that it will be complete devastation for the entire planet. Uh, This comet they've called a planet killer. Um, and so the, the movie goes to, you know, all of these things that I think we experience with feeling a state of overwhelm is, you know, people who, um, prefer to cling to a sense of normalcy and just totally ignore, uh, that complete and total devastation is coming to the planet, um, you know, then it comes to a point where other official scientists review the data and they try to, um, you know, blow it up with this big mission, but then it's thwarted by a corporation, cell phone corporation, and they think, oh, instead of doing this, we're just going to, you know, blast it into tiny pieces, but keep it intact, allow it to fall into the Pacific Ocean, and then we'll mine it because it's full of these minerals and it's worth hundreds of trillions of dollars in minerals. And oh my goodness, it's just like all sorts of reactions that happen from this um, situation. And I think it's so consistent to what we see um man just even on our planet right now just the human psyche is 
you know, there's this guy, one of the characters, he prayed for his stuff before the planet finally was destroyed, and um, oh, it's just, you know, so many things, it's such a commentary on life right now, and like, what is important to us, and how we choose to live our lives, and at the end of the movie, um, I'm thinking like, okay, there's three ways to look at it, either we're completely overwhelmed by the political, socioeconomic, climate crises, all these emergencies, we're completely overwhelmed, therefore we're rendered perilous, therefore we do nothing. That's option one, nothing. No change from what we're experiencing right now in our daily routine. The second option is complete radical behavior. Quit my corporate job, you know, become bums living off of the crown land and build our own house and do our own thing and create our own culture, our own religion, whatever, like just very extreme, immediate decisions and behavior. That, that to me is option number two, you know, looking at something so intense, so extreme, what do you do? And that to me is option number two, extreme radical behavior. Option number three is believing, trusting that where we are and what we are doing is already putting us on that different path, breaking the norm, being the disruptors, which was really interesting because last weekend we watched a a different movie called uh, the Glass Onion Knives Out, also a Netflix film. That one is based on a book series, and they're already filming another Knives Out um, movie for the series. And that group of people, they dubbed themselves the Disruptors because they did little things that just stretched the... The, I don't know, the capacity, just the mental acceptance of society and people around them until it completely disrupted the norm and just ideas completely out of the box for everything, for business, for politics, um, science, all these things. And I, I just, I see that that is so needed, like where where is the opportunity to do something different? Um, you know, make money differently. Walk away from an employer. Uh, be a homemaker. You know, not worry about feminism and and this need for a woman to be equal, to do the same as a man. But rather you know, believe and trust and ask from a a place where women and men 
are valued equally but have completely different roles and know that that's okay we don't have to have the same role in order to be equal <sighs> so many things with homemaking and home schooling or unschooling and um just doing things ourselves you know not relying so heavily on the grocery store having a garden making our own cheese just these sustainable practices that allow us to come back to this seasonal typical way of eating of growing food of um you know these seasonal activities around the house that are all reliant upon growing seasons and you know what food there is to plant to harvest to um store to preserve all of these activities are seasonal but we don't do any of those because we rely on grocery stores and grocery stores just think that it's you know this summer um harvest and plentiful phase all the time but that's not true the rest and the down season and the preparation and the digging in the earth in the rain is all part of the process but it's the part that we remove ourselves from anyways getting back to the movie a bit it was just really interesting how they um mirrored the the president to be quite similar to Trump I think in in a few ways including insects uh the son of the president was commenting on you know how he'd like to see his mom in a porn magazine and uh, just a couple of other gross comments and you know i think it it bears to state you know a person's belief i am i was not a big fan of trump i thought he was a complete idiot and i don't ugh, i understand how people support him you know he's definitely a disruptor um and he definitely united a lot of people um but it was all so fear based and division oriented and you know i could stand here and say all the divisive things that i believe in that are really like hot topics for people even before the covid vaccine came out my husband and i are not a fan of vaccinations just any immunization shot we we believe it's it's very invasive to the body um so you know that's just our our personal belief and you know, we could argue politics and we could do all of these things but if if we lived in that movie if that comet were reality that the world only had 6 months left would we be focused on division would we be you know raiding grocery stores and hogging toilet paper or would we be focused on love and peace and 
a sense of community? Would we sit down and have a meal together? Would we say what we're grateful for? Um, and I think, you know, I think COVID just so articulated that so well. Like, what is our inner um, workings, I guess? Like, how are we motivated? And And I think many of us found that we're not really a big fan of the truth of the situation. We didn't like what we saw during COVID. I know for me, um, a lot of my actions were fear-based. I just, I had no idea how to make a decision. I was operating in overwhelm and fear so much of the time and I just held back from really doing anything and I didn't like that I wasn't a big fan of it so now you know I look at that and I say what what can I change what can I do differently and well I'll share um about doula stuff on another podcast I think the thing that really highlights to me is like I want to follow expansion I want to follow joy I want to follow this thing that lights me up and that really is connecting one-to-one with moms with mamas whether it's a mom-to-be pregnant mama or postpartum in the new early stages of um, exploring and discovering life with a newborn or whether that mom has 11 and 12 and 13 year olds and teenagers and you know she never really had that village around her and I'm just so motivated by you know reversing our village list society and creating communion and fellowship and a feeling of community and oneness and togetherness because that's something that I did not feel during COVID. I didn't know how to reach out or who to go to or how to be social and I wanted it and I needed it so badly, but I also wanted and needed alone time, time with myself. And so that's um, just this this huge um, missing piece to the puzzle, I think. I had finished reading finished reading the book um, this one wild and precious life over Christmas over the Christmas holiday, and I have commented on it several times already on this platform um sorry not not through podcasts but on Instagram and I've just been so impacted by this book so I started reading it over again because I I want to take notes like I really want to study what she's talking about because I agree with all of it 
but I don't want that agreeance to lie dormant. I want it to be an active um, memory, like in the forefront of my brain. I want it to be something that I'm constantly, you know, thinking about or taking action on. So at the beginning of the book, she's, the author is discussing this, this itchiness, this isolation. Um, she even talks about how it's moral loneliness. We have been fed all of these fake news accounts and even the um, legit news has so many biases that they're projecting and politicians who say that we should be drinking bleach in order to cleanse our systems is just <gasps> so ridiculous. Like, who do you trust? How do you use your common sense anymore? We are just so lost in this vastness of overwhelm and not knowing where the truth is that we are alone. We are so distracted. We don't know how to sit still with ourselves. We continually scroll all of these social media things and email and and the corporate capital world and thinking that all emails are urgent and need to be responded to immediately. This type of programming fuels capitalism to keep it alive, to keep us in competition, to keep us at each other's throats. And um, it doesn't promote love. It doesn't promote common sense. It doesn't promote a togetherness. It doesn't promote... Community, it acts on all of the impulses that, you know, all of those hormones that are fueled for, for, for addictive behavior, addictive behavior like gambling, like drinking, um, lying, all of those things is what social media, um, plays on those endorphins in the brain. Those dope, those, that, that dopamine hit um, where you're just addicted to it and it feels good, but it's so numbing and disempowering and it keeps you in that cycle of being asleep. And so a couple of things that um, in our household between my husband and I that are really important is we focus on... You know, if we're going to do screen time, it's one screen at a time. If the TV's on, we're not also on our phone or our iPad. It's one screen at a time. The second thing is, if our son Forrest is around, we're not on our phone, we're not on our iPad. If the screen, the TV screen is on, then that's something that we're enjoying together. We're having this joint participation of. Uh, and it's... And it's difficult. It's totally difficult. I all the time am still looking to a text message or um, a group message or 
whatever, ups, uh, WhatsApp app and um, Signal and um, Circle and all these things are, yes, wonderful ways that we can be connected to other people, but they're also ways that we can be more disconnected from the people who are right in front of our face. And the other thing that was a goal for me for this year is that I do not want to bring my phone into my bedroom at night. And I don't want to be looking at it while I'm getting ready for bed. So, this um, independence from the phone. I bought the cheapest alarm clock from London Drugs, $24.99. It was the display one on the shelf because it's so popular, it always sells out. And it has an option for a beep for an alarm or the radio. The beep is way too loud, super obnoxious. So I've just got it to our radio station we listen to in the car and the volume is lower. So it actually doesn't wake up my husband or my kid. We are all in the same bedroom right now. And it's just such a better way to disconnect from technology. I leave my phone in the studio at night, I turn it off, and I turn it off before I do my bedtime routine for night. I don't want to be, you know, sitting in the bathroom just scrolling through Instagram when I could be getting ready for bed and going to bed. That um, taking in that screen time right before bed is very, very hard on the body for sleeping. So I don't I don't do it anymore. I just turn it off and leave it out of the bedroom. All these little things are things that are a disruptor. They're taking us away from um, how large corporations have strategically planned to brainwash us, essentially. I mean, let's just say it out how it is. Um, and it's not even being overdramatic. It's just the way that capitalism works. The power is not with the government. The power is with business corporations. Um, and, okay, so trusting, you know, that third option, watching such a dramatic, impactful movie and saying, okay, what do we do now? That third option of trusting that we are exactly where we're meant to be, that we are doing the actions that is disrupting the norm. We are, you know, taking small steps to being more sustainable, more independent, um, recycling more, looking to do more gardening. I've taken on a couple of, uh, I would say, passion projects for the year. So the first one I talked a little bit about is this one-to-one um, mama revillaging. Oh, I just love that. You know, bringing back the village, revillaging, focus on one-to-one relationships. And that was a big perception buster for me. You know, this blockage, this perception of thinking, I need to monetize this. I need a stable secondary income so that I can eventually walk away from my corporate job. Um, oh, just thinking like I need to do 
um, you know, group events in order to be profitable. One-on-one work is not profitable. All of these, all these perceptions are so limiting, so discouraging, so fear-based. Um, and it really is exactly the thinking of, um, um, capitalism, like where you get stuck when you're just in these constant, um, routines that program you and and it was just so such a liberating experience to you know look at those limiting beliefs and then write the opposite of you know I can still be profitable with one-on-one work um it only takes one person one well-connected person and I instantly have access to an unlimited network of people. Going beyond that, looking at the truth of God and the universe around me as infinite abundance, while God and the universe are a network, and they are an unlimited network. And so it doesn't matter if I have one friend or ten friends or one one-on-one client or ten one-on-one clients. The universe is an unlimited network. And will always believe who I need, what I need them. That is empowering. That is changing the programming. Not living in fear. And living in an empowered state. Believing that the life that we desire is what we are already walking in. Incredible. The other passion project that I have this year is to create an apothecary. So I started with a beef tallow emollient. I rendered down beef fat to create the tallow. Um, and I made a face emollient cream. It is the silkiest, smoothest. Oh my god. My face is just, my skin is so dewy and. Um, just so happy, like with these fats and oils, you know, it could make such a difference. Unbelievable. I've tried lots of other things, you know, just calendula oil or shea butter or cacao butter, um, mixed with coconut oil. No, none of those things work. This beef towel thing is just pure gold. This is, this is, this is amazing. Uh, the only thing is, is, you know, the first batch kind of smells like French fried grease. So, unless. I decide to leave it natural and raw. I think the next step will be experimenting with some essential oils um, and to see, you know, how that turns out. One that I've been suggested is geranium oil. I think that would be amazing. Um, the first one, which is in a product that I absolutely love, is called Blue Tansy Extract. Um, which can be also called blue chamomile, but it's only grown in a very specific region in the Mediterranean. And I just feel like that's not really sustainable. So as much as I love the smell and what it does to my skin, blue tansy is not something that is um, realistic to purchase or to continue to have in a product. It's not, it's just not sustainable, but geranium is something I can grow in my backyard. So 
even if the whole economical system is shot to shit and I can't ever purchase something online again, I can grow geranium in my backyard and figure out how to create an essential oil out of that. Until then, uh, a rose geranium variation of essential oil is easily accessible at the grocery stores. So um, I think that's a more approachable first option. So there's the apothecary. And, you know, working to create these products that I am looking for, for my own personal use, um, but also for others. And the thing is, is that when I'm experimenting and having these trial and error products, I've already asked friends to try it, you know, just to give them a bottle for free. And I haven't monetized it yet. I haven't looked at the cost of the raw materials and said, okay, how many bottles can I get out of this? And, you know, then plus the 10% um, markup for profit and no, none of that. I've just, you know, with any postpartum doula services, with any apothecary items, um, you know, my my desire this year is just to let my corporate job be what it is, a money maker. Okay, so I make the money there, I purchase whatever I need for revillaging, for creating that apothecary and um, just bless my community with my services, with my products, just giving it for free, pro bono, you know. If there's an opportunity for an energy exchange or an exchange of services, or maybe, um, you know, someone um, gives me a beautiful Reiki session and um, I sit with them and I listen to their their postpartum challenges and offer um, herbal remedies or Ayurvedic um, rituals or supplements, or yoga poses, or uh, mudras, or yoga stretches, or meditations, whatever, whatever the exchange is, I'm just trusting that that expansion will come. You know, I'm not chasing money. I'm not putting a dollar value to these services. I am just operating in love and expansion and trusting that that will bring us to a different reality um, and walk away from the corporate job. The other most exciting thing before I go is looking to set up a preschool co-op. Um, and I think that will be such a great starting point for homeschooling, uh, for unschooling. And I'm really excited about that. I don't know what it's going to look like, but even a group of three, four, five families just invested in their children, invested in taking this different approach to everyday life. I'm super excited for that and where that's going to go. So again, not monetizing it, just saying, you know, show up, be who you are. Let's come together in community. So that's all my thoughts for today. Really hope that something resonated with you, and I would love to hear what it is if it did resonate with you. Sending you all my love. Bye.